In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I don't think it's news to anyone here to say that there's a lot of darkness in the world. You know, there's a lot of evil around us. Anytime you turn on the TV or you're just listening to any news outlines, you always see all the stuff that's happening. You see shootings, you see murders, you see disasters all around us, you see a lot of hopelessness out in the world, a lot of crimes, you know, mental health issues and violence. And I think it's very clear to us whenever we look around us that there's, there's a lot of sin, there's a lot of darkness in the world. And I think because there's so much of that going on around us, it's often discouraging to think about the hope that we are supposed to embody in the world, the light that we are supposed to shine in the world. And as Christ identifies as the light of the world today, we often wonder where is this light when there's so much darkness around us. And trust me, you don't have to look for it. You just turn on the news for two seconds and you see nothing but tragedies, right? I want you to think of a very simple concept. All right, so let's say I have this candle right here. Okay, it's a very small light. Right? Obviously, in here, because this church is bright, you don't really notice the brightness of this light. It's not really an intense light. Right? You're not really going to notice it much. Right? But what happens? as the day progresses and it gets dark outside, what's going to happen to this light? Maybe it seem a little brighter, you notice it a little bit more. What happens if we turn all the other lights out in this church and all you have left is this? It's going to seem even brighter, you're going to notice it even more, and it'll probably be even more valuable to you now that everything is darker around you. Right? As the world gets darker around us, the light that we shine gets more valuable. And that's what I want to highlight today. That the light of Christ is more valuable today than ever before. Why? Because the world is growing darker. And so it's like every little bit of light that you shine travels a further distance. And this is the way it works with any sort of currency. Think of light as a currency and the value that it has depending on the time and the place, right? If you have a dollar, you know, maybe you can buy a cheeseburger with it today. I don't know if, you know, McDonald's still has one dollar cheeseburgers. But if you go to, to Egypt, you're not just going to get one cheeseburger with that dollar. You're probably going to get like five cheeseburgers because the... The currency ratio, your dollar goes a lot further over there than here, right? Maybe other places like Europe where your dollar won't even get you a cup of water, right? So it depends on the circumstances, right? And so today, when Christ is telling us that I am the light of the world, He's telling us that this light will shine even brighter when the world around you is darker, right? And this is the hope that we have today. The hope is that our dollar goes a lot further today than ever before. 
our light shines to a further distance today than ever before. So the question we have to ask ourselves is whether we value the little light that we have in our life. Or do we say, oh, it's not a big deal, it's just a little bit. Mother Teresa says a beautiful quote, she says, little things are indeed little, but to be faithful in little things is a great thing. Sure, there's a lot of little things that we do in our life, but to be faithful in them, to do these little things, little acts of kindness, is a great thing. It's a great thing. And I would say that the majority of our life is spent doing little things. Little things. Our whole life is encapsulated in little acts of service, little movements, little decisions. It's not like we're making these big life-changing decisions every day. It's little interactions that we have with people. It's conversations that we have with other people. It's the decisions we make at home with our family, with our friends, as we're driving. All of these little things constitute the entirety of our life. And so, if our light can shine in just a little, as the world gets darker, you'll find that these little things have a greater benefit than ever before. Today, as we, we reflect on the beautiful celebration of Mother's Day, and a happy Blessed Mother's Day to everyone. Uh, my mom who's traveling in Egypt, my wife, soon God willing, um, and all of you mothers here that have spent days, years, and countless hours of serving, loving, sacrificing your children. I think all of you know that every little bit of sacrifice is like you're shining light into your family, you're shining light into your children, you're shining light into the world. Right? And I think we could learn a lot from how mothers shine light and bring life to the world. Right? So just three qualities that I want to reflect on today as we think about the light that shines in the world through through all of the beautiful mothers that are around us in the church, and especially our mother, the church, that, that we come and we receive life from her. We receive the sacraments, we receive the, the body and the blood of Christ from the church. And so, three qualities that every good mother embodies. Number one is prayer. Number two is love or service. And number three is compassion or, or endurance, bearing with others. One of the best examples of prayer when it comes to any mother out there is Saint Monica. You remember the story of Saint Monica and her son Saint Augustine? Saint Augustine grew up in the church. He was a good church boy, but as he got a little bit older, he got smarter, started to question the Bible, and he said, I'm done with this. I'm not interested anymore. Then what happened? He strayed, he started to really get engulfed in all of this philosophy and, and totally rejected God. Imagine the heartache in this mother as she saw her son drift away from the Lord. Like totally heartbroken. And I see this all the time. Nothing breaks a mother's heart more than seeing her children drifting away from God. 
It's like seeing your, your child suffocating because God is the source of life. He's our breath. In Him we live, we move, we breathe and have our being. Right? And so nothing is more painful than that. And St. Monica for years would pray and pray and pray and pray. And of course, her faith is tested. She would pray and her faith is tested. She would pray. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Till finally, she came across St. Ambrose. And many of you know this beautiful quote. And he says, It's impossible that the son of such tears should perish. It's impossible that these tears would go to waste. Do you think God would ignore your prayers? And indeed, at 35 years old, St. Augustine returned back to the faith. All of these years, she just kept praying and left the matter in God's hands. A lot of times we think that prayer is like the passive part of our life that we just do when we have nothing left. But it's the exact opposite for the saints. Prayer is our natural disposition. It's our first inclination. That's our source of life. That's what we run to before anything else. It's not like, oh, well, there's nothing else we can do. We might as well just pray because we've exhausted all other options. And I have to ask myself if that's really how I consider prayer. Is it my first recourse? Right? Before even problem solving, before trying to get my hands in there and fix the problem myself, do I pray first and foremost? And if I do, do I pray with faith, knowing that prayer moves the hand of God, the hand that moves all things? Right? Look at the life of St. Pope Krollos. If there was one criticism in his life, it was that this man does nothing but pray. Right? And so often we belittle the value of prayer. But at the very core of the light that we shine into this world is prayer. You cannot shine the light of Christ if you are not praying for this light to shine into this world. You cannot shine the light of Christ if you are not connecting with that light through prayer. So that when others see you, they see a man of prayer. They see a woman of prayer. They see someone who is connected to the light. Someone has been so close to the light that they embody that light. What happened whenever Moses came down from the mountain? Just because he was in the presence of God. Like, you're shining so bright, like you got to cover your face. We can't even look at you. We want to bring light into the world, then we have to carry the light of Christ. It's impossible to carry that light without connecting with it, without going to the light taking the light and shining it in the rest of the world. So first is prayer. Second is love and service. I don't have to say much about the love and the service that every mother embodies. From day one, you're basically living for your children. Right? You're sacrificing for your children. You're shining the light of Christ to your children. Sleepless nights... You give up your time, you give up your energy, you're exhausted worrying about caring for them before your own needs. And this goes throughout the entirety of your life. Motherhood in itself is a life of sacrifice and a life of service. 
If we really understood the value of the light that comes in service, we would prioritize service in every part of our life. If we really understood the value of it. St. Macarius in all his greatness didn't really understand it. The man who healed the sick, cast out demons, and raised the dead. The same St. Macarius who raised the dead. Heard from God that there's another family out in the world that's more advanced than him. Imagine, St. Macarius hears this and I'm like, wait, are, are you serious? <laughs> like, I thought I, was, you know, I thought I was doing well. I didn't know there's anyone progressing any more than this. And so St. Macarius asked, show me. Not because I'm jealous, but because I want to learn and grow. So God took him to a family where there are two mothers living with their own husbands. And they were sisters, right? married to two different guys. They both had children. And so he's like, okay, what's the big deal here? What's so special about this family? What do you guys do that's so excellent? So, well, we just serve. If our husbands need anything, we get them what they need right away. If we hear any of our children crying, it doesn't matter if it's my own child or my sister's child. I go and I nurse the child. It's like, that's it? <laughs> like, yeah, pure love, totally unselfish. They're not living for themselves. And... and that was so special to God that he considered it more advanced than what St. Macarius was doing at that time. And so St. Macarius learned that and rejoiced in learning this lesson. When we serve, we don't just benefit ourselves, but we benefit the whole world. We benefit the whole world. We shine the light of Christ into the world. And again, it's by the smallest little acts of service. I don't have to go and build a non-profit organization and a charity and a food bank and a hospital. If you want to do that, that's fine. You know, Mother Teresa embodied that as well. There was one time whenever they, they went to her and they, they asked her, look, we need you to endorse this hospital that we want to build. You know, it's going to serve thousands of people. We're going to put your name on it. It's going to be done just right. We just need your endorsement for it. You know what she told them? God didn't call me to serve the thousands. He called me to serve the person in front of me. And she didn't care about all that big stuff. So often we belittle the, the small opportunities that we have to serve. Just giving someone a smile. Right? Giving someone one encouraging word. You know, instead of children telling their parents, okay, sure, I'll do it later, you do it right away. You know, grab, grab me a cup of water, or help me with the dishes, or can you clean your room? Yes, mom, yes, dad, right away. That little act of service, that obedience, is the core of perfection in our life. That is what the light of Christ is all about. So the second is love and service. Third is compassion. Patience with others. Giving others the benefit of the doubt. Bearing with the difficulties in, in our life. This is such 
an important quality that mothers have because if you see how challenging ch- children can be, you wonder how mothers just keep it together. And their patience, their endurance, they give everyone the benefit of the doubt. And since my mom's not here, I can talk about her a little bit. I kind of like hated this thing about my mom. Like, every time like someone would do something wrong, she'd be like, Malish, it's okay, they didn't really know. Like one time we were in the car, this guy cut us off and then honked. And then she's like, it's okay, he probably didn't see you. I'm like, mom, what do you mean? Like, he cut us off and then the guy, you know, you know, made a nice little gesture after. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean? Like, and she's like, oh, he's probably just waving, you know, don't worry about it, it's nothing. Like waving. <laughs> but like she just had this quality to like just give everyone the benefit of that. It's okay. Be patient. Endure. Right? And so many people around us embody that quality. Right? And you can see the light of Christ shining through them. When they're giving people excuses, we're not just judging everyone. You know, someone walks into the church and maybe they're not dressed in the best way. Well, that's okay. Maybe they're just new to the church. Maybe this is how they culturally were used to dressing or whatever it may be. We see someone doing something that looks a little conspicuous. And then our first thought is to say, oh, that's wrong. Who am I to judge? Right? So to bear with others, to give excuses for others, to be patient with others, is what the shining the light of Christ is really all about. So I'll just leave you with a very simple story in my own life. I remember a couple of years ago, I was standing in line, going to return something at Macy's. I haven't stepped foot in that store literally since then. <laughs> And there's like about a line full of seven or eight people, and I'm standing there. I'm, I'm obviously dressed in my galabeya, I have my cross on. And then this lady in front of me like, notices that I get in line behind her, and she just does this. She turns around and she's looking at me. And she's like giving me the death stare for like a solid 10 seconds. And I'm like, what is going on? And at first, I'm used to getting stares, right? It's not like I dress in an ordinary way and I blend in. I don't blend in. Everybody takes a second look. Who is this guy? Why is he dressed like that? I'm used to it. It's cool, right? But this lady was like, like really giving me the stare. After a few seconds, I'm like wondering, what is going on? And, and like right at the brink when I'm just tempted to like, you know, have a few different thoughts in my mind about this lady. She goes on to say, wow, that is such a beautiful cross. And I'm like, oh, thank you. (laughs) I didn't think you were admiring my cross. (laughs) But if we just bear with others, if we're patient with others, and... We give others the benefit of the doubt. The light that shines from our hearts in in those little occasions, those little opportunities, that's what will change the world. Right? So again, first is prayer. Second is 
love and service, and third is compassion, patience, whatever you want to call it. But may God give us the grace to shine His light in every small act in our life that His name may be glorified forever. Amen.